Body image is a big deal. Marketers realize that. We recognize it's important to us if you just scroll through any social media feed. The way that we look matters. Now, in some ways, this has been a good thing. We have been encouraged to embrace and be comfortable with the body that we have. In other ways, it's maybe a little bit more negative and an unhealthy emphasis is placed on how we look, uh, what our body shape is, uh, different clothes that we wear. Now, we can pretend that that doesn't matter to us, but, but all of us, to one degree or another, we either have insecurities or perhaps are a little more overconfident than we should be when it comes to our body image. But it's something that most of us probably struggle with to some degree at least. And so today, we want to go to the source of us having the most healthy body image that we could ever have. And that comes to us from Scripture. Listen to the Apostle Paul talk to us about body image. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. You are the body of Christ. That's your body image. As a believer, you have been brought into the body of Christ, and so you matter. Now think about it, what it means to us when somebody else pays us a compliment of how we, we look. We either look like this celebrity or, or actor or athlete. Maybe we've been working hard to, to stay fit and, or, or just your appearance looks like somebody. You have a, a facial uh, expression or your face reminds them of a celebrity. Now that's nice to be told that you look like somebody else, but as long as you are being compared to somebody else, it's that other person who is the standard, right? Now imagine how it would be if it was the other way around, if, if other people were compared to you, if other people were told that they looked or acted like you and that was a compliment. Well, if you pay attention to Paul's words, notice that when he talks about us being a part of the body of Christ, he's not saying you're like, he's not saying that you are as pretty as or smart as, or he's not comparing at all. In fact, he's telling you this is what you are. You are the body of Christ. And for that reason, you have significance. Because you belong to the body of Christ, because you have been brought into, into that body by faith, you have significance. You have a healthy body image. That is our, our worth and our value because we belong to him. And Paul even goes so far as to, to give us a, an assurance uh, to know that we belong to that body of Christ, that it wasn't something we had to apply for or try out for, that it's not something that is based on, uh, on our achievement or some status or something that is required of us. But earlier in the same chapter from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13, he says, For we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Notice, God is the one who gets that credit, baptized into the Holy Spirit. And, and maybe it wasn't specifically baptism, but it was always the Word of God, whether working in combination with that water and baptism or the Word itself, which has to be heard, which is believed, and which we rest our salvation and our confidence upon. But it's always God's work. It's never our work. It's not dependent on us. In fact, if it were up to us, the only thing we could do is disqualify ourselves from the body of Christ. But in His grace, 
he has brought us into that body of Christ. And the Holy Spirit has opened our eyes through that word to see the seriousness of our sin, the solution in our Savior, and the certainty of our salvation. That's what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. And it also means that we have been uniquely gifted to serve in the body of Christ. The gifts that God has given to us, he calls us to use, to build up and to serve the body of Christ. So this weekend is an opportunity for some of our young people in our congregation uh, to go through what we call a, a rite of confirmation. Basically what they're saying there, the promise that they're making is that they are committed to a lifetime of staying connected to the body of Christ to recognize that, that that same grace that brought them into the body of Christ is the grace that's going to keep them there and build them up and encourage them and give them the spiritual blessings they need to, to not only stay close to Jesus, but to use their gifts to serve others. And while maybe your own confirmation was some time ago, what a great opportunity for us to revisit that and recommit ourselves to staying connected to Christ to see the value and the importance of that connection. Now, you might ask if, if we weren't uh, responsible for bringing ourselves into the body of Christ, if we rightly, according to Scripture, understand that it's God who brings anybody into his, his body, th that it's Jesus, the Holy Spirit, uh, the, the Trinity working together in perfect harmony to open our eyes and enlighten us and bring us to faith, then, then what role do we have? Why, why would, would it matter if we're committed to staying in Christ and staying connected to him. Because what we're saying essentially is that by remaining in that word, we are going to continue to give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to fan and to flame the gifts that he's given us and to continue to sustain us in the faith. So when we, when we recommit ourselves, what we're saying is I'm not going to rob the Holy Spirit of the opportunity, of the means that he uses, the word and the sacraments, to keep me close to Jesus. And so we will stay committed to being connected to him. Another way to think about that connection is that you are a consumer, a consumer of grace. We know we're well aware what a consumer is. A consumer buys or purchases goods or services. Uh, we do it all the time on an almost daily basis or certainly a regular basis. We purchase things. We, we use things. And, and at its heart, really, a consumer is somebody that just uses what they, they purchase. So when we talk about being connected to Christ and recognizing the importance of being consumers of grace, we're saying that, that we are gathered as a church to enable us, to equip us, to continue feeding ourselves with that grace so the Holy Spirit can work in us. To be a consumer of that grace acknowledges and recognizes the importance of not just coming to faith, but remaining in the faith and that word. And there is really nothing that is more important than that if we are to stay close to Jesus. Think of how ineffective a car is without gas or the nicest, newest phone if it's not charged and has no battery and it's died. It does you no good. So it is with us. It's not just a matter of that grace that brings us into the body of Christ, but but continuing to consume that grace, fill ourselves up with it so the Holy Spirit can grow and strengthen us in the body of Christ. 
Incidentally, it's, it's also that idea of being consumers of grace that I would say in two ways is one of the biggest obstacles or hindrances both to personal Christian growth, but also to congregational growth. In what ways? Well, the first one is relatively easy to identify. It's when we cease to be consumers of grace. And too many of us are, are too familiar with those examples of people who made that promise, that commitment to stay connected to Jesus and, and slowly over time, or maybe gradually, or, or maybe rather, rather quickly, drifted, wandered, or simply stopped staying connected to Jesus through, through the church. And they drifted away and then gradually over time perhaps fell away or at the very, very least are, are hanging on by a thread to their connection to Jesus. And so that's the, the one challenge or hindrance to personal growth is when we simply cease becoming, continuing rather, as, as consumers of grace. The other one may not be quite as, as obvious to us, but it can be dangerous as well if we're not careful. And it's not ceasing to be consumers of grace, but it's when we are solely consumers of grace. In other words, that is my only connection to a local congregation or to a church is to just consume grace. Now, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but it's only partially a thing. See, that consumer of grace mentality then sees this relationship with church as, as something to be used, something to serve me. And it's a one-sided transaction, so to speak, a relationship. And you know how it is with anything else that we purchase or consume. We're used to buying it the way that we want it. You can go to Starbucks and you can be very specific with the type of order that you place. How many shots of this? How many add-ins you want? And you can have it your way as a consumer. We're used to that. And if that's our only relationship with church, then we, we, can, we cannot even realize that that tends to then develop into our mindset or our approach to church as well. It's here to serve me and my needs and my preferences. And then what happens when something changes, when something isn't the way that I like it? If that was my only relationship with church, then I'm out the door because I was solely a consumer of grace. See, here's the thing. In, in our connection to Christ and to his body, we're called not just to be consumers of grace, not just consumers, but also contributors. And really, that's what the bulk of this section from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is talking about. It's, it's being contributors. It's recognizing the gifts that God has uniquely given to us to serve one another, not to just be on the receiving end of the means of grace, which is hugely important. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the only aspect of our calling in the body of Christ. Paul talks extensively. Look at all the different parts of the body that he talks about and how important they are. The, the foot, the head, the ears, the eyes, the nose. And why does he bring all of those up? Not just to speak about all the different variety in Scripture and certainly not to compare to say that, that one is more important than the other. His whole point is there's so much variety and because they're a part of the body of Christ, there's value there. Listen to what he says in verses 18 and 20. Of chapter 12. But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, 
but one body. The whole point, all of the parts belong to the body. They're to serve each other. So rather than quibbling over which gift I have or you have is the best gift or the better gift, that's not Paul's point at all. If I'm going to ask which one is the best gift, which one is important, the answer is yours and his and hers. They're all important. All of the gifts that we have can be used. In fact, that's why God has doled them out to you in a specific, unique way that he has gifted just you. So don't just be a, a consumer, be a contributor. Look for ways to use those gifts in the church. I, I think we maybe spend far too much time contemplating where to plug in those gifts instead of just jumping in, instead of just simply serving, trying to find our niche. Or sometimes we struggle with feeling like, well, my, my gift isn't big enough. It's not significant enough. It's not magnificent. It, 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 if you don't go big, then, then don't serve. But that's not how God has gifted his church. That's not how God has gifted you. We don't all have big gifts, but we all have important gifts that serve each other in important ways that build up the body of Christ. So rather than trying to find your niche or necessarily say, this is my thing in the church, the better way is to simply ask, what is needed? Where can I serve? And you won't have any trouble finding different examples, different ways to serve and build up the body of Christ. Today, as, as it pertains to confirmation, I'm, I'm going to encourage you to think about it two ways, both from the perspective of, of young people in the church and, and as well as adults. Oftentimes, young people kind of give, maybe we give them this impression that you don't really have significance or a, a role or a place in the church until you are a grown-up. But nothing could be further from the truth. And I think the evidence is, is to just look at how adults at how the grown-ups in the church respond when they see young people serving. If you've been to a, a Christmas service where children sing, if you have watched them play chimes or instruments, if you have watched children serve or use their gifts, if you have an elementary school like we do, look at the faces of the adults when they're watching those young people, those children, use their gifts. They're totally encouraged. They're excited. They're filled with joy. They're beaming. Why? Because as we get a little bit older, this world can beat us up. We look out there and, and we can get discouraged. We can get down in the dumps. Sometimes, frankly, we're grumpy. So as adults, when we look at, at young people, you young people, they, they encourage us. They inspire us. They excite us. They give us hope because we see that, that God is working on the next generation, that he has gifted them and they are staying connected to their Savior, Jesus, and they're showing it in the way that they use their gifts. And then from an adult standpoint, jump on those opportunities to encourage young people when they're using their gifts in the congregation. Don't, don't lament and, and wonder why they're not doing more. Be the one that's going to ask that young person to say, hey, I'm doing this, could you, could you come and help me? I think you'd be great at it. And now you've just shown them how important they are in the body of Christ. You notice that in those verses, Paul doesn't talk about age, does he? He doesn't say only when you're a certain age do you have gifts that can be used in the body of Christ. He says if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, you have been brought into the body of Christ with gifts that can be used right now. How appropriate on this Pentecost Sunday when the Holy Spirit poured out his, his spiritual gifts in a magnificent way on that day of Pentecost. 
in ways that, that literally looked like a, a tongues of fire on top of the, the believers and resulted in being able to speak not only different languages, but with a boldness and a confidence to proclaim the good news of Jesus and his salvation. Still today, the Holy Spirit gives out those gifts, unique gifts, to everybody in the body of Christ, his church. So take this opportunity to recommit yourself to staying connected to Jesus by being committed to being a consumer of his grace, but not just a, a consumer of his grace, but also a contributor in the body of Christ and using the gifts that he has uniquely gifted you with to build up and bless each other. And God will bless each and every one of us as we use the unique gifts he's given us to serve the body of Christ. Amen.